everybody. Welcome to the USL show brought to you by uh, our good friends over at Roughneck Scarves, your home for uh, USL, MLS, national team scarves, as well as scarves for your personal podcast and or club use. Check those guys out, roughneckscarves.com. We are also uh, produced and brought to you by uh, the Beautiful Game Network podcast, bgn.fm on the interwebs, at the bgn.fm on the Twitters. If you want to uh, check out some really cool written stuff, uh, bgnwritten.com and at uh, USL News on the Twitters. It's some, it's some good stuff. Uh, our good friend Brian Cook put out some really good stuff. Richard Rainer, <laughs> Richard Rainwater put out a really good uh, expansion uh, recap for El Paso. That was good. Um, I'll start chilling. I'm your uh, usual host, Evan Valala. Um, sometimes I'm joined by my soccer colleagues. Sometimes they're my soccer acquaintances, but they're always my soccer friends. Uh, I have three, soon to be four of them tonight with me here. First of all, uh, the man behind the ones and the twos, uh, producer, as well as the weakest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the premier Irish coffee. It's Mr. Phil Grimes. Phil, what's happening, brother? Oh, not much. Just uh, chilling out. USL is the best league on the planet. <laughs> we were talking about uh, shilling, it's the league so. where we, we know the most people that are involved in it. So, yeah. <laughs> Just doubling down. Having a good night. How are you doing, Evan? I'm good, man. It's, uh, it's good to be back. We have a new coach. Uh, we don't coming out on Saturday. I'm arbitrarily deciding because this will go out tomorrow. Um, with uh, with Chris, one of the assistants over at Reno, that's some really good stuff. Uh, sorry, also a former USL champion in 2014 as a coach. So, um, really good. It's mostly about conspiracy theories, but there's some there's some soccer talk in there too. It's a it's a nice little jaunt. It's a it's an off season podcast. So what else could you expect? It's a guy just talking to me about some some basketball conspiracy theories. It's some good stuff. Uh, also joining me tonight, it's the man that puts the show on show notes. It's our no longer international international correspondent, which probably could have helped out Charlotte a little bit when Jim McGinnis got announced as their head coach. Right now, hi, uh, thanks you for having me. Of course, I'm just happy to be done with finals. I had a professor bump an A minus up to an A for some reason, even though hey, I just turned an A minus. He's a big fan of the show. Let me tell you, <laughs> he reached out via email, and I was like, "Yeah, man, move that up. Let's go." I know he opened every class discussion just talking about his gambling habits. So. Oh, all right. Was it Michael Jordan? <laughs> I think he just started gambling on USL now. <laughs> uh, that'd be good. That'd be good. He actually gambled on your grade, and he said he took the over on, on A or higher, and so he had to bump that up to cover. <laughs> Probably. I don't know how that works. Uh, also joining us tonight, it's one of my favorite folks, uh, not just in Nashville, but in general. Uh, someone that has a nose ring that I didn't know about until about 10 minutes ago. Uh, it's my dear friend, Slapey Jonathan Slate from Speedway Spocker, Speedway Spocker Pod. Nailed it. <laughs> how you doing tonight, Evan? And how are you? Not too bad at all. I'm glad that your team is signing anyone that proved they can score more than five goals last year. Yeah, we needed it. We needed it we'll bad. Oh, the evil empire teams continue. Yeah, as much as things change in the USL, as much they say the same. It's my favorite. Just handing down the crown. Someone's got to take it. For sure. For sure. And I'm gonna I'm gonna relish uh, playing that role. (laughs) Can't wait to hate you later. It's gonna be great. (laughs) (laughs) And we get to hate each other this year. We'll have the last laugh when Red Bull Two knocks you guys out in the first round. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm fully prepared for it. 
we'll have the last laugh when Cameron Lancaster somehow fit, like scores eight goals in a season. <laughs> oh no! If there's anybody that can make that happen, it's Nashville. Gary Smith, baby. The good news is, if your best striker gets shut down by the Red Bulls, you might sign him when you go to MLS. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'll just sign the center back that was like, yo, I'm going to make him not matter. (laughs) Oh, man. They better hope he's good because they shut down Adi with him. Anyway. Yeah, I don't don't think he's, like, ready yet. But as far as, like, what I wanted to see out of – why are we – whatever. As far as what I wanted to see out of Cincinnati in an expansion draft and even coming into the league, I wanted them to go younger. Um, They kind of did. Not really, though. Um, I like the amount of USL guys they brought in. I just wish they would have went a little younger in the expansion draft. But it's huge their own, I guess. I don't know. Or had the cat in Minnesota. A little bit. Maybe. But not all the way. Yeah, but like I feel like their core roster is a lot better than like the three guys Minnesota brought up. Like I feel like the only guy that Minnesota brought up that was actually good from their NL, uh, NASL team was uh, Ramirez. Yeah, I guess they could be like New England then. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. I, I have a lot to say on that, and I don't know if we can uh, waste our time on it. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put out that this probably isn't the uh, the venue for that. Yep, but we can talk about lots of uh, news, good USL stuff. That's right. Where do we want to start, boys? Do we want to start with the conference alignments? I guess that's probably the biggest thing. So we'll go for there. Two eighteen team conferences. It's a thirty six team league, ladies and gentlemen. Did we have here? Uh, I love that it's 18 and 18. Welcome back to the Eastern Conference, St. Louis FC. Hope you guys don't move ever again. <laughs> and uh, you, know that, you know they're moving next year to yep. the Central Conference. Oh well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, that's fine. Oh God, no, and, uh, Central. <laughs> with with Swope, Ryan is very anti-Central, and I'm I'm very oh. uh, I'm okay with him having that opinion. It's good. Well, it's not that I don't like the Central Conference. I don't like having three conferences. Because there, there would be no way to balance schedules perfectly, and it would be a right. nightmare to do playoffs because every season you would have someone getting screwed out of a playoff spot. If they're going to go three, you might as well do four, make it like the NHL and just do like an east, north, and south, and then like a central and Pacific. But the way it is now, we don't even have a home away balance, like you said. It's true. So You can still do, or at least with this, with 36 teams with 18 in each, you could finally do a balanced home and home schedule if you have the kind of 34 matches just kind of make it like the Bundesliga do your 17 other conference opponents oh no you're right so it's exactly home and away isn't it it'd be exactly home and away I think the only way they could see them like not doing it would be if they wanted to either a if Ottawa drops out we'll obviously talk on that later but if they wanted to like balance out travel instead of saying it wouldn't be fair to Seattle to play RGV so often no, that's uh, that makes sense. I wasn't doing my math right. I was including my own team. So, gosh. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm with you. Do you think that's the main reason they kept it too and decided to put off Central one more year? Do you think it was just that easy? Probably. I would say I think so. That and probably worrying about getting League One off the ground, it probably would have made the most sense to try and keep a championship now at the most basic level. Yeah. they can it's basically a good amount of teams making the playoffs now 16 of 36 if they're going to keep the 18 format 
and still be single or win. And that's less than half the conference. So it's still like a high honor to make it. You're leaving out 20 teams yeah, for yeah. missing the playoffs, which is a pretty good amount. We'll have to um, we'll have to see if uh, if our dear friends over at the league can confirm playoff format just yet. It might be coming, but I, I imagine they'll keep it the same. I think the more like autonomous the the championship can just run, the better. And I, I think PDA, sorry, League Two, um, already runs itself pretty autonomously. So yeah, I, I agree with Ryan. I think them, you know. Really focusing on getting League One off the ground and making that run smoothly. And now nonsense. Um, the randomly got thrown in our lap. It was going to be a bit of a time sink, unfortunately. So, um, okay, with this format, and and I'm actually really excited to see Swip Park in the East, if if not only because it's another really good MLS two side. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, it does make sense that Swope is going to have to travel the most, being that they are the MLS team or the MLS two side that does have the most resources. So I mean, right. that that make that makes the most sense that if you're going to put it, if you're going to move them over to the east, and that therefore making them the one that has to travel the most, that they at least have those resources behind them. Yep. It's interesting. I don't know if they care about that though, do they? I mean, no. they, they they may not. But it is a nice thought. I hadn't considered it. So that and that's something that, you know, this is the championship and so I guess they probably don't care as much about this, but that's another thing as owners, if I was an owner of a club, you know, I'm looking forward to the Central Conference no matter where I am uh, geographically on the map because it's going to save my team like you know tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in travel. So, yeah. you know, that's going to make a big difference for the individual clubs as far as money and I imagine they'll put that towards players. They usually do, it seems. So, you know, it'll have its good sides and downsides. I'm sure we'll talk more players about Players or equipment or, or whatever. Year. Yeah. I mean, you'll see. I'm, ex- I'm excited next season to have, you know, we lose. We lost Cincinnati as a close uh, driving game, but we had Louisville, Birmingham, and Memphis next season. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing with St. Louis moving over um, is fans prefer the East just for travel alone. I mean, we, we will be traveling so much more from St. Louis now, especially with Memphis joining in and Nashville, and mm. you know. It's- and I always, uh, I always felt like your style was a little more. Um, I mean, I guess especially with Precky, but your style was a little more tailored to the Eastern Conference, where it's a bit more physical, not quite as open. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know. Now I'm not sure. Fair enough. I think I we'll think, see what Pulis does this year. I kind of I kind of foresee us be, being somewhere between like a a Nashville and a, I don't know Penn FC. <laughs> you know, somewhere in between those. <laughs> I'm two. sorry. Who are they? I yeah. So you know, they're gone now. Expansion team. That's right. Right. But I'm. I think that, or one of the stories I like to have out of this conference realignment is that now we have an Eastern Conference team with more Western Conference titles than a lot of the Western Conference. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, should we talk about Nashville? I mentioned him a little bit, and we got Slave here. Uh, a can lot we talk Nashville. about Ottawa first? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. Let's talk Ottawa first. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen it, which welcome back from the rock you've been hiding under, um, Concacaf said that Ottawa can't play in USL this year. Um, 
Now, what's weird, CONCACAF's current president is uh, funny. I'm going to guess I didn't say that wrong. If I did, I don't really care. He doesn't strike me as a terribly nice person. Uh, who was the former president of, of, of uh, the Canadian Soccer Association, where he was uh, uh, big guys juicing up the Canadian premiership, which the Ottawa Fury uh, did not want to be a part of. Uh, also, I'm going to go on hold for two seconds. Hi, Kev. Welcome to the show that you're a part of. <laughs> You'll get back to me when you're unmuted. It's good. I'm going to keep here. talking. Oh hi, hi buddy. Hi. Well, hi. Hi. How's it going? It's uh, it's it's the the biggest man in the beautiful game network. Uh, our version of Chuck Palahniuk and Elliot Smith, Kevin McCamish. I'm sorry that I'm like 20 minutes late. No, you're cool. You didn't start the pregame like after. It's all right. 30 minutes. Glad you're here. Yeah, I just got home a few minutes ago. So a a outside media member of your 2018 Western Conference champion Portland Timbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Congrats, pal. Uh, yay. I don't want to talk about it. All right. That's great. <laughs> well, the good news is we're talking about Ottawa Fury and uh, CONCACAF, CONCACAFing them really hard in the mi- in, in right before the uh, season. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Montagliani, uh, a big guy that was like, yay, Canadian Premiership. Uh, CONCACAF says under international sanctioning rules, clubs that are affiliated to an association may only join competitions in another association's territory under exceptional circumstances. For the sanctioning of such play in our region, approval must be given by CONCACAF and FIFA. Yeah, that was the top quote they gave. Uh, My problem with that, which I understand, I get it, I get it. You know, like you you don't want teams from Spain playing in England. I I understand that. Um, My problem with Spain playing in the US. Right, right. Yeah. My, my, yeah, my problem with this is why is this any different than Toronto, Montreal, and, uh, and Vancouver? Um, hell, why isn't it any different than FC Montreal playing in, in USL when they did? Um, really? So, uh, obviously, I think well, we're all going to fall in the Premier League. Yeah. Edmonton. And I mean, <clears throat> um, I, I think it's different from Cardiff and, and Swansea and the Premiership. It wasn't top flight soccer league, right? Do they? Well, well, Wales does. They have. There is a Welsh Premier yeah. League. There I mean, is. it's not. Ve- it's not very good. I was going to say, like Welsh Premier League is the equivalent of conference. Oh yes. Well, okay. So Swansea and Wales would absolutely, or Swan- Swansea and Cardiff would absolutely stomp everybody in that league. So there's no point in them playing there, right? Yeah. Like that's what that comes down to. Yeah, I mean, but also Wrexham plays in the English system, and they are they're a conference team. Yeah, conference team right now, but they have been up as I think as high as the championship. Well, and what Wellington Phoenix play in the uh, Australian Football League, and they're in New Zealand. It's also true. So this seems like a very like Concacaf just Concacafing the Fury for the sake of Concacafing the Fury. It almost seems fishy just because you have the former Canadian soccer guy, and the fact that they don't have their basically their capital in. Yeah, this league seems like it's something that they want the market in the league, regardless if Fury won it or not. Basically, I I think they're saying that the CPL is going to be about equivalent of USL in terms of playing, or at least in terms of sanctioning. Mm -hmm. But the fact that is the CPL, this is their first year, and they haven't proven anything of being a viable source. And the Fury might lose more money going to this league than if they had stayed in USL. 
Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think from the fear, like what you're saying, the furious point of view is, you know, we don't want to join this, the CPL right now, because I mean, for all we know, this league could fold in a year or two years. And at that point, they're then left without a league and they're already in an established system right now where they, you know, they, they know that the USL is not going anywhere. Hey, and that sounds really familiar from a thing that happened to them yeah. a couple of years ago. Exactly. They just got to the USL and they'd like some stability, I imagine. And they want to maybe have a little proof before they go commit to another league in what four years to be the third league. So, yeah. And I'd assume if they went CPL, they would have to pay an exit fee. And then if the CPL didn't yep. work out, they'd have to come back and pay an entrance fee again. Mm-hmm. And you're just adding on stuff basically on top of that. But if they, if this rule is like saying that they can't play outside of Canada, then would they even be able to come back if the CPL folded? Good point. What? Based on their own rule, CONCACAF would have to block that too, you would imagine, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they would have to. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think that's yeah. the worst part of this is that they seem to be picking and choosing. I, I, this is the point I think we're getting to. They're picking and choosing who they want to, you know, strike against and not strike against. And yeah, I, the, my question is why the Fury? You know, I guess now they, they want CPL to survive and they think the Fury is going to really help that, which may be true. I, I can tell you why. I mean, they're at, so they can't, you really, they can't go after the MLS clubs because MLS, I think, is more powerful as far as like having some say in what happens. So they're going to pick, you know, the lowest hanging fruit. And outside of Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto, yeah. the most viable soccer team in the entire country, I believe, that is left is the Ottawa Fury. That they're not making themselves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I really think, I think one thing they're looking past, <clears throat> if I want to put my uh, shill hat on, is I, I don't think they know how much the USL has their stuff together because, um, yeah. you know, Jake Edwards doesn't tweet very often. He got on Twitter and he made a statement. And, and the last thing he said was uh, um, in that statement was allowing this to happen would set a very poor precedent. And yes. we'll do everything in our power to support the Ottawa Fury FC. He mentioned lawyers in the Twitter feed. <clears throat> so, I think USL is going to strike back with everything they have and use some capital that they've been saving surely for a rainy day. And, and that rainy day's here. And um, I'm really interested to see how well USL does in this fight and how much clout they can put to bear. And they may fail miserably, but I'm kind of hoping that they have their stuff together and they shut it down quickly. Yeah. Um, if, if this works, like if they, if they, take, they take Ottawa, like and that sets a precedent of pulling a forcibly pulling a club into a new league in your country. Then what is that going to do for the Whitecaps or Toronto or Montreal Impact? Yeah. See, that's, that's um, I would love to hear what the lawyers said on the first day. You know, <laughs> I imagine they have a whole bunch of bullet points that they're going to attack. I'm sure. In court. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure our friend Mickey Turner might uh might pay the money to get the court documents if this all comes to down to that. There you go. That's yeah, interesting or just interesting conspiracy theory to kind of toss out there is say CONCACAF does successfully find a way to kind of toss Fury out of USL and send them into CPL. Well, what would stop MLS to say is like, hey, we can get $550 million charging three new expansion sides to replace these Canadian teams. What say we kick the Canadian teams out of MLS and bank it roll a bit more money? They would have to buy them out though first. Yeah, and I think that that yeah. creates a, a, a whole other, you know, legal situation of if Toronto, uh, Vancouver, and Montreal don't want to leave, how can you force them out? And that just, I think that 
trying to manage both that and expansion, it would would just be a disaster. It, it's a situation I where they're not going to pull like an MLS type move where they just kick them out and, and go and pick up three new expansions in the States. But it is going to be a situation where I think if the CPL, if the Canadian uh, association, you know, somehow forcibly gets those three to join their league and MLS, they may not put up a fight. Like USL wants to put up a fight. MLS may be like, okay, yeah, no worries. Just pay us for them or, or something. And then all of a sudden those three, then, and then at that point, it must be like, well, let's go find some other, some new money, some fresh money, some new expansion cities. They, they might not be as like upset if the CPL comes and takes those three teams. And I think a lot um, of it, a lot of it also comes down to when this is happening. I mean, yeah. you have to think that we're close to we we may be close to getting a schedule. This stuff has been been finalized for a while, and all of a sudden they're just now raising this up. Oh, uh, I mean, I heard the schedule was supposed to go out. Like yep. the first draft was circulating, and then this showed up, which makes me think this wasn't a coincidence. Um, I mean, we already the, have the USL uh, League One schedule out. Right. Yeah, 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 but I think the championship schedule was being circulated to be finalized. The other thing, I think, I think I read an article saying that the same day Concacaf released this, the U.S. Soccer Federation okayed the Fury, gave the 100% okay for this year. I don't know if that's true, but I also read that Canada hasn't given its official okay. Their soccer federation hasn't given the official okay. And so, and then in other articles, I've read that both Canada and USSF gave their approval in in July. So I'm not really sure exactly what's going on in the timing of it. it. Hasn't been nailed down by anyone I've read. Have you guys read any exact timing in any articles? No, no, everything. Nothing. There's been some things that I've read that it may have been that CSA did okay it, but they didn't file the proper paperwork. Mm. Um, yeah, that's but some of it. Just seems that some of it just seems odd in the fact that the new head of Concacaf is former CSA that this seems like his pet thing yeah. that he wants to force Ottawa into CPL. Yeah. And I'm wondering how much um, he has his stuff together too, because it, nothing so far seems to be like, Oh, they have their ducks in a row and they know exactly what they're doing. So that's what it feels like to me. But I, I none of us really know. I think that's the point I'm getting at is that yeah. the full details haven't even been released of this. We've just kind of got no. some rumors that it's happening. So I mean, if this was old CONCACAF, it could be just solved with a briefcase of money to Jack Warner. <laughs> right. How come Probably. that hasn't happened yet? Let's just do that. Um, Jack <laughs> Warner. You, you could argue new CONCACAF is still isn't uh, a transparent thing out there. Yeah. Final thought on this one from someone that's actually up there. Uh, Richard Starnes, who is a host of the TSN 1200 radio show Quarter Kicks, which is an Ottawa Fury based. Uh, he says the unconsciousable move to throw a grenade at the Ottawa Fury defies logic. This club has battled all kinds of difficulties and turned itself into one of the best run Canada conscious clubs in the game. It champions Canadian pros like no other. Shame on CONCACAF and Montagliano. Um, yeah, that's. That's about right. From them to go to NASL, yikes, we don't know what that's going to be. Joined USL late when they did, what was that, two years ago? Mm. Had a ton of Canadian kids on their team. Played well. Had Max Crapeau, who's now going to be a, a, a really good goalie for the impact. You know, they affiliate with Montreal. They get up there. I mean, they have what, like nine out of 11 of their players every week are Canadian guys? Like, you know, there's there's not a better team putting 
Canada on the map as far as here's guys that could play for this this national team than the Ottawa Fury. Um, and for CONCACAF to do that, in a way to me, signals that they don't want the Canadian men's team to grow like they have been the last couple of years. Hmm. And I don't understand that at all. Well, they know they have a guaranteed World Cup in 2026, so... Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> I so, like, just to sidetrack, I so want the Canadian national team to be good. I do, too. It'd be better for the region if, I mean, currently we only have three teams that really dominate, and or at least one that should dominate, but other reasons, I'm, with the U.S., Mexico, and Costa Rica, it'd be better for the region to have Canada do well. Right. And, yeah, just another team that we were... Or tossing around that plays in outside of their system. Monaco plays basically in Monaco, but are a part of the French system. So that's legally they're in a different country. It's another one. There's a lot of them around the world. Yeah. Um, let's talk some player moves, y'all. Sounds good. Carlton Belmar and. I think officially now, right? Cameron Lancaster? Did they no, finally? that's not that's not official yet. All right, well, I'll back up. Carlton Belmar and uh, and Rios joined Nashville. Oh, and Connor Sparrow, Darnell King, yep. Ken Tribbets. Those are all I mean, those are our big offseason acquisitions. None of those yeah, names some, are bad players. Ones. None of them no. are bad players. <laughs> I guess early signings are always the best one, are usually the best ones with a few spotted awesome ones later. But, you know, yeah. man, those are all good players. Even Sparrow, who I think is the least known, uh, did great work last year. I, I think Tribbett's going to fly a bit under the radar. And as much as I give out about him, he's he's very solid, really good on set pieces. Uh, and he's proven that. So, um, I mean, between Lancaster, Daniel Rios, and Carlton Delmore, that's 56 goals right there. Yeah, so let's talk Which, about this, Slate. How do you see this setting up so far? If you got, let's just assume Lancaster's in, just just for fun, right? So just just to assume what Lancaster and the, the earlier signings indicated, you know, we added with adding Trivet and adding Darnell King is we're going to see a return to the back three. Um, that was something that you know Gary Smith started the season out with playing a, playing three at the back, and then you know he switched back to almost a four four two, but then. You know, last couple games of the season and the game against uh, the playoff game against Cincinnati, he reverted to that back three. So I think we're going to see, you know, King is King is that right wing back because um, as good as Kosuke Kamura was last season um, to expect a guy in 35 to, you know, play another um, 34 game season is a bit of a stretch. But I mean, I think you're probably going to see Belmar and uh, Rios up top. I mean, Lancaster can play as a 10. Um, and like a three five and like a three five two, um, but I mean, you know, we needed. I mean, we needed goals off the bench. So, I mean, I doubt. I doubt those guys really came to play to any of those to be a bench player. But I mean, having having those people off the bench, especially knowing that in the attacking midfield spot, Lebo Meloto is coming off a, a pretty nasty injury at the end of the season, um, and there's some talk that he may not be a hundred percent fit. To end this, I mean, to start the season. That's big because you guys don't have a, you know, that kind of player replacing him yet. <clears throat> it's early, but still, you don't. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that Allen Wynn can play that position. We saw Matt Lagrasso play there, and to mix success as a, as an attacking midfielder, um, I think Wynn has some attributes. Um, but looking at last season, you know, our problem wasn't chances created. I think we finished about midway through the league in number of chances created, but it was it was it was chance conversion last season I didn't was realize that. our n- number one issue. We were dead, I, second to last or dead last in the league in chance conversion. That bodes really well for you guys. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So I mean that was that was our big we that was our biggest issue last year. And then, you know, adding some defensive pieces um with Bourgeois not staying hundred percent healthy last season, having a guy like Tribbets uh come on and uh play play some center back and hopefully get some goals because that was something we really lacked on set pieces. And then the Connor the Connor Sparrow addition um, I think it's going to be huge. He's going to push uh, Pickens and, you know, maybe potentially as Pickens is our backup goalkeeper. I mean, our backup, he's our goalkeeper coach could possibly even see Connor Sparrow reclaim or claim that starting role by the end of the season. You could. He's from St. Louis. So that's why I follow him so closely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's only, only 24, which is super young for a goalkeeper. So a lot of good, a lot of good chances there. I mean, Nashville was uh, tied for third last year in the league with 15 clean sheets, and only Phoenix and Pittsburgh had more. But it's definitely helpful to see them gain a lot more uh, support on the offensive side of the ball. They had uh, they were down to, in 23rd with goals. They had 12% conversion rate, and they were 19th in uh, shots with only a San Antonio, with San Antonio behind them and Portland Timbers, too, just in front of them. Yeah. Yeah, and I think looking forward to the season, probably the, like we probably use another left wing back, but... I, as great as Michael Reed has been this past season, I feel like we need we could use an upgrade there. A uh, couple other moves. Uh, the, I mean, the other the other notable one. Um, Charlotte Independence announced that uh, Coach uh, Mike Jeffries is moving to. The Bill Betcher role, I suppose, is what I'm going to call it, because uh, I don't really know what it is, but it's it's like a general manager, director of football operations kind of thing, uh, and announced that they have uh, signed uh, County Donegal uh, Gaelic football legend Jim McGinnis. I'm so excited for this one. This is going to be the most interesting storyline of all year. Um for those who don't know, Gaelic football, uh, go watch it on YouTube a little bit. You'll get an idea. Uh, like rugby and soccer had a baby, but like also with Aussie rules football and the way you pass. Um, if it's you know hurling, it's hurling with a soccer ball pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jim McGinnis um, got a little bit of uh, criticism leveraged against him in, in a couple fashions. One, in the way that he changed how Donegal uh, actually played the game. Um, Gaelic football, traditionally super high scoring. Jim's teams were not as much. They just wanted to outrun you and outwork you um, and, and really grind you down and beat you that way. Um, and then kind of post him uh, coaching Donegal, uh, the the criticism leveraged against him was that, was that it was a lot of cult of Jim. So a lot of people made it uh, more romanticized than it was. Now, 
Um, our dear friends over at Talking Jacks did an interview with him on their most recent episode. The interview itself is decently short, so definitely give it a listen. Uh, if, if nothing else, to hear an Irish guy talk, which is always a great time. Um, Jim says that he was approached by uh, by the owner of Glasgow Celtic um, uh, like 2012 or, or so um, to help out with their academy. Obviously, you don't turn the owner of a big club like that down. Uh, and then he kind of made his way up their academy, ended up coaching their U23s, I believe, and then was an assistant coach for a team over in China in 2017 where they won the Chinese uh, Domestic Cup. Um, this is his first head coaching role in uh, football or, or soccer. Um, and uh, I think it was Alex on Talking Jacks that said this is a really good fit for him because the financial impact of promotion and relegation that might, you know, have inhibited him getting a, 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 a soccer or football job in Europe isn't here. Um, they're really excited. He's a really well-spoken guy. He's a psychology uh, degree haver, so he's he's smart as a whip. And, um, and that seems to have a huge impact on the way he coaches. He seems yes. to be one of those guys. You know, one of the first things he says was said was, you know, he really cares about the mentality of the team and the kind of guys he brings in. So I think that's like a real serious modern coach thing, especially yes. it seems in the United States in all the sports, not just soccer. That seems yep. to be a really big thing. Um, so I'm interested to see him coming from a different sport. If that mixed with Jeffrey's kind of putting those two together equals yeah. equals TNT or something awesome, you know, right. it could be a cool season for them. Uh, club also announced Joel Johnson, come on, George, Alex Martinez, Jake Arman, and Brandon Miller, a uh, friend of the show, coming back for 2019. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited to meet Jim. Uh, I, I've heard nothing but good things from my Irish correspondent, who is James Chambers. <laughs> uh, although, given that uh, Jim was in Gaelic football and James was in football football, they didn't uh, cross paths. But... Um, but Irish people yeah. know this guy. Like, this is a big deal yes. in Ireland. Like, Talking Jacks is getting some play on Irish radio just because they of are. that interview. I'm really jealous. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, no, there's a in in his uh, in his hometown in Donegal. There's a there's a mural of Jim McGinnis called Jim the Redeemer, which when I'm over there in Mark way to try to find. Um, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm super excited for sure. No, I was just, I've never I've never been to a Gaelic football match, but when I was at last time I was over in Ireland, I did make it to a hurling match, which was absolutely craziness. I was in line at a St. Louis FC game, and a guy was wearing a really cool green jersey, and I was like, "Oh, is that what soccer jersey is that?" And he said, "Oh no, it's Irish. It's Gaelic football, but it's a local. I guess there's a local group playing Gaelic football in St. Louis, like several teams in a league. So that's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, cool we too. we have a really Gaelic funny. Athletic Association like here. You do. That's cool. That's awesome. I mean, I watched a Gaelic football match when I was at a pub in Glasgow, and I was I had to they had to look it up like after <laughs> I was there. I was like, what did I just watch? That's <laughs> awesome. Mr. McCamish, any any experience with the Irish sports? No, uh, surprisingly enough, not. But you're going over there like next year because I'm very jealous. If that's yeah, yeah, March, uh, like the middle middle towards the end of March for ten days. Nice. I'm I'm going. I want to go over there, and I want to try to go over there for two weeks. And there's two specific areas I want to visit and check out different things. And then hopefully I can make it make it across the uh, over to England and catch Liverpool. What what two areas? 
Um, nor- far northwest County Donegal, the village of Rathmillan. And then uh, just outside of Dublin, I don't know how far out of Dublin, maybe an hour or two, um, there is uh, uh, like the like Church of Glendalough or something. Where mm-hmm. So the village of Rathmillan is kind of where my last name originates, where I can trace my uh, ancestry back to. And then the very first person who was named Kevin was St. Kevin of Glendalough. And there's a sh- like a, a his the church, first church he set up was just outside of Dublin. So I want to go there and like look at and see where my first name originated and where my last name originated. Brilliant. That's awesome. If any USL players would like to send me a list of things to do when when I'm in Ireland, looking at you, Amon Zayed, since you gave out for me talking out my friend, <coughs> get in touch. I can send you some uh, send you some stuff as well. Get in touch. Do you think the uh, first time anyone in Ireland heard the name Kevin, they were like reacting like we reacted to the Austin Bold? <laughs> they were like, oh God, it's so tacky. What kind of name is that? God. <laughs> so someday, I don't think, Austin, it, I, don't think he, I don't think Mike Pendleton wrote a, here's how you should have done this for Kevin. <laughs> for Kevin. <laughs> hey, Mike, tell me how you would redo Kevin. <laughs> he switched the I and the E. Yeah. Kevin, oh, Kevin way better. I need a Mike Pendleton rebrand of names. If, <laughs> if you want something funny, look up how my name is actually spelled in Gaelic. Got it. It's completely I, it's right up Ryan's I alley. I wanted to type that, but I didn't take the bait because I knew I was going to hear two other keyboards go on it. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's not actually how it is, but. I'm, that's funny. Can we just name the episode that? There what, we go. two other keyboards? No, no, just whatever Kevin is in, in oh. Gaelic. Yeah. I'll type out in English Kevin in Gaelic. That's what I'll do for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name yeah, of the episode. Yeah, the episode title will be whatever Kevin is in Gaelic. <laughs> uh, other moves. Let's see here. Uh, Phil, I'm going to selfishly talk about the ones that Bethlehem made before I talk about oh, yours. Do. Great, thanks. I think it's only one. No, it's not. It's two. Did we talk about Nanco moving the Hamilton? Great, it happened. Uh, that's how much. That's how much I care about the CPL right now, given what just happened. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, oh, and the other one, Drew Scundrich, the Sacramento Republic. I am so mad that this yeah. happened. He's so good. Good job, Sacramento. You got yourselves a four-time NCAA champion and an absolute workhorse. Sacramento's good at finding guys that work well for them, it seems like. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be a good one to watch. Stay tuned. They're not done yet. Oh, no. Absolutely not. No. No, I mean, no one's done yet. But, but yeah, they, uh, I don't think they've actually dug in deep yet. So No, no, no. Uh, also, on a personal note, congratulations uh, to uh, to Tom Via the second on his job with the Philadelphia Union, former Bethlehem Steel Communications Director. His last day is tomorrow with the Bethlehem Steel before some guy from Columbus takes over. I don't know his name. I forgot it. Rob. I'll meet him eventually. Phil St. Louis made some moves. What's what's up, man? Uh, the first two, one is Oscar Umar and um, yeah. Guy Abend, Abend from Reno. Um, Umar's from Richmond Kickers. Both seem really similar, actually, kind of defensive midfielders. I think they'll Oscar work. Umar, in fact, played for Westchester United. Oh, yeah. Based out of Westchester, Pennsylvania. I think I read that and might have forgotten it immediately, so sorry Jeez. about that. 
which is where I currently am. It's all right. No, it's cool. He scored against Bethlehem last year. It was weird. Yeah, I think that was one of like, I think that was his only goal, actually. But, um, sounds right. but yeah, I think they'll work wonders for um, a Pulis system. And instead of us kind of having, you know, three guys to play those roles, I imagine we're going to get at least one more because we had a lot of injuries in that area last year. And these guys also seem like they'll uh, hold together pretty well. So anyway, those two, the really exciting one, though, is Joaquin Rivas from uh, Tulsa. And um it's funny. I imagine they remembered him pretty well because he did really well against us in a friendly, I think two years ago, we played yeah. at, at SLU in the city rather than out in the county where our soccer field is right now and uh, got hurt pretty badly by Tulsa in the preseason. Sventessen scored one. I think Rivas had a banger and um, I think they remembered him and watched him from that point on. And he's just such a good player and he's done really well with a lot of freedom in Tulsa. And so I'm excited to see him in a Pula system. Hopefully he'll be one of those really good attackers that we've been needing more of in, in the way that we play. So I think he's going to do really well with St. Louis and that's probably the best player to watch other than Greg so far in, in the attack for St. Louis. Fair enough. You guys, guys haven't, we, haven't seen Rivas play you because he's been in the West, so yeah, you'll see him next yeah. year. It's true. <laughs> um, we got a really good question, and since we're out of news and, and other things, I figure we will answer it on air. Uh, it's from uh, Matty Dub at Tisbo Time on the Twitters. Uh, he asked, uh, "It's it's I suppose technically three questions, but it's it's one. It's in one tweet." Uh, is it typical for there to be so many free agents around the USL at this point in the offseason? If so, is there any league-specific reason for that, shorter contracts or something like that? Uh, Kev, I think you and I know why there's a lot of free agents that come out of our respective clubs each offseason. Yep. Um, for the MLS two sides, there's generally uh, like an age-out year. And I... I I always say that and I don't want it to seem like it's literally like a hard and fast rule because it's not, but more often than not, by the time you're what, Kev, like 24? Um, I would say 25 just because a lot of the college players that, you know, yeah, maybe, the draft maybe, maybe, maybe the teams pick up in the drafts and stuff, they're already yeah. 23, 24. Uh, and I, I suppose it, it varies probably depending on, on uh, MLS two club to MLS two club. But if you, if they don't see you making the first team in a year or two, you're done. Yeah. They'll just cut you. So, I mean, that's what Kev between the two of us, 20 guys this year. Well, and then you also look at years, years past, like there's a lot of former T2 players that are doing quite well for independent USL clubs. Right. And, and it's not that um, they aren't good players because right. obviously right. they're great players are showing, you know, showing well as other teams, you know, Nico Brett comes to mind um, for, yeah. for Pittsburgh and Carlton Belmont uh, did very well when he changed over to Swope Park and yep. he even got himself an MLS contract by switching clubs yeah. Now he's going to Nashville. Well, I guess so. Nashville must have signed him from Sporting, and maybe he's going to try to get his back in MLS via the Nashville route. But anyway, um, all these different players, and it's just where like they got one season, maybe two, mm-hmm. but more often than not, one full season, and they're just like, mm, "You're not going to work out, so we'll just cut right. you." Right. Santi Moore moving to New Mexico, the other Bethlehem Steel move. Not not a bad player by any stretch. Uh, 2017 USL Rookie of the Year runner up. Um. But, you know, the union have a ton of wingers. 
I mean, I also think that's how last season Nashville ended up with uh, Lebo Maloto, uh, Liam Doyle, and then Omar Ballo, who ended up not being able to get a work permit, was at right. that point. I think they saw them as uh, not being able to make the make the MLS side, and at that point, we weren't we weren't in we weren't in the in the running for for really for MLS. So it was you know sending them off to a USL team where they're going to play, and you know maybe have a chance to thrive under an, under an independent team at that time. Mm-hmm. Phil, thoughts on that one? Well, I think you guys are covering it pretty well. Fair enough. I think there was uh, at least one interesting tweet I want to bring up. It was from Nipun. He was asking, it's like, why aren't uh, more MLS sides going after a lot of Louisville players considering they have back-to-back league titles or right. or like what have or what more does the side need to do to at least be considered from MLS Clubs, on, I think the only person we've seen really go up was kind of Mark Anthony K from, yep. which was for them a record deal to LAFC. Well, and Lancaster has uh, rumored to have turned down a contract to Orlando yep. City. Yep. I mean, Interesting. I, I heard that rumor. Now, <laughs> I mean, the whole just the fact that he's, he's rumored to go to Nashville also kind of shocks me a little bit because it sounded like Cincinnati was going to bring him up to MLS. So, so. So, Why would he want to turn down any MLS contract, whether it's with Cincy, Orlando, and and stay in USL? So he's not my audience. If he doesn't go to Cincy, I've got a little. I got a little information from Jeff Reuter. From what we know, is that the if the Cameron Lancaster signing does happen, he will be signed to the MLS to hey. Nashville MLS, and then loaned down to uh, the USL team. Gosh, John, so he, that sounds really familiar. <laughs> we've done this once before. Hey, I like wonder I said, who did that. Let, let you know. I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. I'm fully going to embrace the uh, evil empire uh, tag that we will probably get. So, but this this means one thing, John, right? John, is your logo when you make it to MLS going to be trash too? No, it's it's just going to be the first order logo. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. But no, this does like just mean this does just mean one thing, and that means did he first of all that he didn't turn down an MLS contract for USL contract per yep, se. Yep, yep, but if that is true that he is getting an MLS contract from Nashville, that just means they outbid everybody else. That's all it means. And I did hear that Orlando was only offering him a MLS league mi- minimum. And and honestly, a guy you know I've talked to some players about this, and a guy that scores the max the most in the league. Um, maybe, I mean, why should he take less in MLS when he can make more money in USL and, and especially a team like Nashville, um, who might move up to MLS. That's just a smart, smart, smart move because what in Orlando, he's got Dom Dwyer to worry about in politics there on top of that. So, well, but he's one of James playoffs. What's that? I was basically. I was saying is that he has the more likely chance of winning a championship with Nashville than Orlando has of winning an MLS Cup. Well, that's 100% yeah. true. Well, I mean, if he is staying on an MLS contract, that makes complete sense. Then yeah. it's like Cincinnati are like, hey, we'll promote you to MLS, and they probably paid him, say, X amount of dollars, and then Orlando City is like, hey, we'll pay you X plus one, and Nashville's like, we'll pay you X plus ten. Yeah. Well, I'll go, to, I'll go to Nashville then. And then I don't mind playing USL again because I did so great last year. I can do again, do great again this coming year. And then the year after, I'll still get to be in MLS. That, ma- that all makes to, sense. And you don't have to live in Cincinnati. 
So, Slave, I want to hear, too, because you're here, we can talk about Rios. Is He's signed to the first team. Do you think that's using Tam and Gam? Is he at that level, too? Or do you think he's just like a normal signing they spent their money on and maybe I think a he's discount? a normal signing that they spent their money on. We won't. We still haven't gotten a whole lot of information as because it was a transfer from Chivas, so I don't know at what level of transfer fee they paid. Um, yeah. And it's gonna de- they could have used Gam and Tam, but I I tend to think that you know they just maybe may have purchased him outright and eventually may use Gam or Tam. I, but I think they bought him outright. Oh, so the other thing I'll say is Rios was like a U twenty for Chivas. Yeah, like he, he wasn't was, like. Yeah. A big guy in their system. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I think he's never, he's never played a senior game for Chivas or even yeah. made a bench. So, wow. I mean, it wasn't, if they bought him outright, they probably didn't spend a whole lot of money. They, I know they did also buy out, um, uh, Rapapa Mensa's contract for Inter Allies in Ghana as well. That's right. Um, so, I mean, that could have been another instance of, you know, probably wasn't a whole lot of money. Yeah, I hope Rios or Lancaster isn't looking to come off the bench because I think Mensa has that locked up. I think they're going to have to step on further down the bench, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm I just don't, kidding. No, I, 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 Mensa's, still, Mensa's still young, and I, I still feel like he has um, a lot to learn. Oh, yeah. I think I think Mensa's going to learn a hell of a lot with Lancaster and Rios. No kidding. Yo, I, yeah, uh, and and Belmar as well. I think that's right. I mean, yeah. I think that's a great group of players uh, to be around. Day I, and day I think he turns into a really good bench option for that other league that's above this one. Um, if he gets there, maybe. But I think with all of these moves, I think the person who misses out the most is Tucker Hume. Yep. So Easy. it's probably going to be an instance of where does where does Tucker end up? He'd still fun work in another USL team. No, I, I yeah, mean, I'd I, love to see him in Chester next year. I think he's too old, but I, I, I would agree. I think he's too old at that point, but I mean, I, I <laughs> if mean, he's over 23. It's, it's a pass. He could, uh, I mean, maybe we make up for the Mike sending Michael Cox to uh, St. Louis and, you know, let, let them have him over there mm. in St. Louis. Yeah. Ugh. Get out of here. <laughs> And the other piece of news is uh, Memphis 901 announced a new assistant coach today. Then they picked up Doug Perriman from uh, former DC Detroit. or D- Detroit City FC. Uh, El Caesar. Yeah, that's he sold out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't sell out. He bought in. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. not how Detroit's gonna see it. That's for sure. Is um, Memphis's forty dollars scarves included in his contract? <laughs> uh, uh, man, I'm trying to look up his name, but who is the uh, Phoenix Rising's new striker they just signed? Um, instead of Cortez, they're gonna have a guy. Sam that, Dor. Yeah, who was playing for Columbus Crew, right? Uh, not Casey. Sam Dor. I'm sorry, you said Sam Dor. I did. I was really glad I got Adam Yon. J A H N Adam yeah, Young. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, something right. to watch. You know, Phoenix seems to do well with their strikers, no matter who they are, even if they're not. He's got plenty of people to give him service. Let me tell you. That's the thing. That because he yeah. doesn't have good stats, but he keeps moving around. I think everywhere. Sam could get some tap ins with the midfield they have at that club. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's another one, another oh. signing that is cool to watch. I don't, does anyone else remember any other ones? I think we're hitting a lot of the big ones, but there have been so them. many lately. So, I think there's a bunch coming tomorrow, so keep your eyes peeled, everybody. If you have questions, we'll talk about them. 
Friday afternoon drop. Oh, yeah. And we already talked about Francois to uh, Fury. I wonder what happens there now. So that's another one. Interesting. I mean, I think everyone's going to assume that it's going to be business as usual and that Ottawa's going to play in USL yeah. come March. I think so, too. Yeah. Even if they are going to move in, I feel like you're just way too close to the season beginning to make any drastic changes. Did anyone else in their minds like think, you know, when the first announcement about the Fury came out in July, CONCACAF was like, hey, let's do something about this. And then three months later, they finally got around to it. Uh, <laughs> no, if they wanted to do something about it, they would have done it at the time, I thought. In my head, that's so. just like how CONCACAF works. I mean, I, I, I agree with Phil. <laughs> I think that's just, that's how CONCACAF works. Fair yeah, enough. I mean, I'm the United States national play. team announced that they were going to announce hire a manager by the end of November and it ended up being two days late on December 2nd when they okay. officially had All their right. guy. As someone that knows wow. how Ernie Stewart works, if you were surprised by that, I have some very oh. bad news for you. I'm not even going to get on time or uh, terribly well pump the brakes a little bit. I'm not even going to get into the, the national team. That's yeah, just going right. to... I'm not surprised. I'm just saying they approached hiring a manager the same way I approached doing assignments for my classes and do everything the night before. No, they just they just <laughs> do everything. Exactly they right. just do everything that the teacher's brother says to do. Actually, that was a terrible analogy. Yeah, John, what are you trying to tell me, man? Are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm talking about Jay Burhalter. Oh, all right. Yeah, okay. That yeah, old chestnut. Yeah, whatever, that guy. Uh, guys, let's get out of here before Slate puts uh, something through a wall. I don't know. Um, that could have been... He was like downing a drink as he did that. He was. was good. I mean, as you can see, if you listen to us on the live stream that we have every week, uh, youtube.com backslash the USL show. We go live every year. Are we changing it to Thursday nights now? All right. For now. All right, there's Thursday nights. We'll we'll let you know in the off season. Hey, if you follow us on Twitter at the USL Show, we'll post a link before we go live. Also, if you hit the subscribe button, you'll just know because that's how that works. Uh, yeah, the USL Show uh, uh, dot com as well as where you can find our entire archive of podcasts, which includes all of our um, you play we don'ts, which there's some really good ones. Um, I'll have time to do a giant f off thank you, so I won't do it yet. I'll do that for like the Christmas episode we have, but so I'll pump the brakes on all those. All of our you play we don't all of our episodes from this last year or so, uh, where we talk about everything from you know, uh, oh man, what was like one of the worst preseason? Oh, from pretending that the Tampa Bay Rowdies are going to be really good to slowly finding out that they were Ooh. not going to be very good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and you can listen to our litany of soccer friends that we've had on, which is like literally fifty people or so. It's ridiculous. Um, for myself, at Speak Evan Speak, if you want to hear more, see more, uh, read more of my thoughts, do that there. Uh, Ryan Allen is at ILM underscore Ryan. If you want to get some math things going on, um, Phil is at Phil Two L's Grooms Two O's. Um, as well as at STL Soccer Reports sometimes, sometimes. Mm. And uh, Kevin McCamish is at KMCamishPDX. Slape, I don't know your handle or else I would have said it. So if you want to plug yourself and the Speedway Boys, feel free yeah, to do so. Uh, it's uh, Jslape, SSP, and uh, Soccer Speedway, both on Twitter. You know, they're the uh, they're the preferred podcast of Bolo Acanyota. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> the only one who listens to it. It's true. Uh, trying to think what else. 
Oh, uh, I'll, I'll thank my dear friend uh, DK over at Soccer Loco. If you go to our website, USLshow.com, not only can you find a box for our Patreon, please stop giving us money, patreon.com backslash the USL show. You can also find a, uh, an, a blue and orange box, or it's a, a gray and gray box. If you're colorblind, it'll say Soccer Loco on it. You click on that, you can get yourself anything you possibly want. Um, AC Milan didn't make the round of 32 in the Champions League, uh, so I imagine their kits are going to be a little bit cheaper. Um, if you want to pick up a Leroy Sané Manchester City kit maybe for him bailing them out against Hoffenheim. You can do that. Um, or if you're looking for boots or anything for yourself, if you want to run your rec league or, uh, or your pickup soccer games that you play every week, go check those guys out, Soccer Loco. Other than that, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. If anyone else has anything else to say, feel free to do it. Other than that, I'm going to end the live stream. We're going to get out of here. That's it. Brilliant. Bye. Take care. Until next week, uh, one rule here at the USL show, and that rule is do not be a dick. Thank you.